AM630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program right here on AM630 The Word. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. And I wanted to share with you something that uh, has been in my heart for a couple of weeks now. And uh, we, a lot of Christians, a lot of churchgoers, we celebrate a 21-day fast in the in the month of January. And I was thinking about that fast, about why we do that fast. And I started reading the book of Daniel because that's apparently where, where it came from, where we got the idea. And as I was looking at it, the first time he does a kind of fast is 10 days. So that's not it. And then you fast forward to chapter, chapter 10 or so. And he says, I fasted for, you know, or I was seeking God for 21 days, for three weeks. And you read on to that in that chapter, in chapter 10. And when the angel responds to him, the angel tells him, Hey, I heard your prayer. God heard your prayer the first day and sent me the first day, but I was delayed by the prince of Persia and the heirs. And that's a, that's a totally different topic. We're not going to touch that right now. And so he goes on to say that it took him 21 days to bring the answer to bring the response to Daniel. And so what I'm getting from that, what I glean from that, and what I want to tell you, here we are in February now, and, and you're not probably not doing your 21-day fast in February, but if you did not get your response, what I'm trying to say is that Daniel did three weeks because it took three weeks for him to get the response. He did not set out to do 21 days of fasting and then just quit. His heart was, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to fast. I'm going to set aside some time. I'm going to push my plate away until I get my answer, until God responds, until something happens, until that chain is broken, until the, 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 the Lord opens up the heavens. And so I want to, I want to tell you something. I want to give you permission. If you did your 21 days, if you didn't do it this year, but you're seeking God and you want God to, to open that door and you're looking for God's will in your life, I want to tell you, don't quit. Don't give up just because 21 days passed. Don't give up just because we're in February. Don't give up on it. Uh, keep on seeking God and continue to pray, continue to, to set apart time to seek the Lord until you get your response, until the windows open of heaven, until you get what you have been looking for. Amen. So don't quit. This is something I say often. I heard a, I heard a bishop, a famous bishop say this, and he says, if you don't quit, you're going to win. And so I, I believe it. So don't quit. Amen. Uh, we are back in studio in the KSLR studios, AM 630 The Word. And uh, today there's a young man here with me that I have been chasing after for some time now. And he's not a pastor in San Antonio, but uh, he's in he's in our, our radius, see, and and uh, our our signal reaches, and he's a pastor from Dilly, Texas. And I want to welcome today Pastor Noah Carr 
uh, in the studios today. Pastor Noah, thank you for coming today. Absolutely. And so you're, you're the pastor of Lighthouse Church in Dilly, Texas. Yes, sir. How long have, how long have you been pastoring there? So now, uh, I started coming in January. I got, of, of last year, I got voted in March. So it's almost a year. All Not right. quite there, but almost a year. Well, I'm glad we got you early. Yeah. We got you early. When uh, Next time we get you, you're going to have some years under your belt. There you and, go. There you go. And it's going to be a new story. Yes, sir. Well, I want to, I wanna, before we get into the church, I want to introduce the listener to you, to, to Pastor Noah, uh, or maybe even before you were Pastor Noah. First of all, is this your first church that you're pastoring? This is my very first church that I get to pastor. All right. You're a young man. How old are you? I'm not young. I, I am old. I'm, four, I'm 40. I, I look young, thank God, but no, I'm not. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. There are listeners out there yelling at the, at the radio right now. Who said 40 is old? 40 is not old. There you go. Especially if you're on the other side of it. There you go. Uh, so we are we are young. Yes, there you you're, go. You're, and you and you do look you look uh, in your in your early thirties. Thank you, sir. Praise praise the Lord for that, right? Well, and and you just started pastoring, so there, let's let's see there, you there in you a go. year. There you go. <laughs> but I want I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about you. Let's mm-hmm. let's go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you a PK? Where are you from? San Antonio? From this area? Tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm from California. Don't hold that against me. I'm from I'm from the Bay Area, and and so uh, no, I'm not a PK. But I found God uh, at a really early age. And matter of fact, it's funny because I just reached out to the family that brought me to the Lord, and I was a young teen. I was 13 years old, yeah. and so my relationship started early. Um, but yeah, so somebody, somebody brought me to the Lord and really it actually was my girlfriend at the time, Yeah, you know, her parents said, Hey, you want to date my daughter and you <laughs> needs to go to church. And, and I, and I'm like, oh, are you serious? Is it that serious? You know? And so they, they, they made that one of those prerequisites in order to date their daughter. And so I, they dragged me into church. And then one day I was in I was in service and I was just rocked because I never seen in service anything like it. And uh, the Lord, how was it? How was it? Tell me about it. It was it was crazy because I walked in. It was mainly a Spanish Hispanic church, and it was in Alameda. And I walked in the doors and I just seen this praise. And listen, I, I'm African American, but. Latinos, y'all can worship now. Don't they? Y'all don't play. Gloria Dios, right? Yeah. And so, and so they're they're singing. I poder, poder. Anyways, anyway, so yeah. we're singing old school songs, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm worshiping, and I see this one girl who's probably eleven, twelve, and she's crying and lifting up her hands, and I'm like, "What is going on with her?" Mm. And I seen that the it was just, I knew that what was going on in her life, whatever she felt, yeah. it had to be real. You can't fake it at that age and and so that moved me to want a rural encounter with Christ that real encounter she had I wanted it mm-hmm. and so ever since then I just pursued God so at that moment at that moment was there an altar call in, was, that, in that church or that service it was an altar call I went I, I went to, to the Lord and I came to God and I found God and then maybe a month or two later my parents uh, we're in the military. They deployed. I I got sent to my uh, grand aunt in Mississippi, and I told my grand aunt I want to go to a spirit filled church. Mm-hmm. Back in the nineties, that wasn't popular. You know, yeah. spirit filled, holy, none of that none was popular. That. And so she says, "This is one little church down the way," and that's where I really uh, sunk in and, and got my teeth into walking with the Lord. 
Wow, at an early age. Early age. Okay, so now let's fast forward a little bit because mm-hmm. you're already in your in your teens. Mm-hmm. When when did it happen for you that you heard and you kind of felt, you know what, I need to be in ministry? It was really so my pastor was older. He was 70 years old. There was no young people, no youth group. But God, you know, gave So me, the youth group was 40s, 40 year old, yeah, old yeah, people. Yeah, 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 no, there were the youth group. I, I, I was I was it. It was one of them old school. And it was a culture shock for me because yeah. moving from such a diverse area to mm-hmm. Mississippi mm-hmm. where it's just black people and white people. Yeah. And every once in a while you might see an Asian, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, it was a culture shock and I was around this. My pastor was a lot older and, and, and I didn't know the different divisions of ministry. I didn't know the different teachers and missionaries. I wasn't aware of any of the, all, all that. But I had a dream that I was preaching in front of people. Mm. And, and I told my pastor, I said, man, I, I feel like I'm called to pastor. And and then he kind of said, we're going to pray about it for a little bit. And he, and he and him and his wife got back to me and said, we feel the same exact way that you are called to the ministry. So this is at 13? This is in so, those early so teenage this years? So this is now 14. And so and so uh, they kind of confirmed it. And then they said, go ahead. You know, we, we feel like you, you are. And ever since then, I pursued my calling to preach. Okay. Now, how did you pursue that calling? You, you're you 15 years old. You're you're. A young teenager. I, you know, I, what did that? What did that? How did you flesh that out? That decision. And it's so unique because you know I didn't have parents to go to, right. or you know I wasn't I didn't I wasn't raised I didn't have any of that. So I didn't know how to pursue it. But my pastor really was fantastic. He just sat me down and really taught me with the background of being a servant. He was mm. old school. It was like you want to you want a pastor? Go ahead and grab a mop, grab a That's grab right. grab grab a broom, and and you're gonna work you know work away and learn how to be the best greeter first. And so I was I was I was the best. I have my little white gloves, old school church, and, and I was I could usher like nobody's business, and and I was the be- I was excited, you know, and and that's how it was. So he kind of, I went through these ranks, you know, of of learning before I even stepped into a pulpit. And when I stepped into the pulpit, my first time preaching was not pretty. It was <laughs> it was a youth conference, and there was a lot of people in Jackson, Mississippi, and man, it was ugly. But you know what? They encouraged me anyways and said, "You'll get there. You'll yeah, get there." Yeah, yeah. But that's that's beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of a lot of churches have lost that mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. There's there's a prop, a process to the pulpit, mm-hmm. and and I grew up the same way. Right in in New York, I, I remember. My pastor, we we were a pretty good sized church, mm-hmm. and people would come. Hey, I'm called to the ministry, mm-hmm. and the first test was, here's the broom. Yeah, are you called to the ministry? Mm-hmm. Here's the broom. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Are you called to the ministry? Mm-hmm. And you would see these people that would come through the doors, and they were they had a calling, mm-hmm. and you would if, if they took it seriously, you would see them cleaning toilets, mm-hmm. and and that's just the way it is. It, it wasn't it wasn't that he was hating on them or didn't like them. He says, no, you got to pay a price. Right. Humility has to be a part of your DNA. Right, right. If you can, if you, if you expect to carry the weight of of, of of being behind this altar, this pulpit, then you have to be able to humble yourself. Right. So I, I thank God. I thank God for that. Mm. We did the same thing mm. in, in in New York, and I, and I had to. I had. To, I cleaned my share. Mm-hmm. I cleaned my share, and today mm. I'm vacuuming still. There so you go. praise the Lord. I, it doesn't. It doesn't cost me to just whip it out <laughs> and vacuum exactly. the sanctuary because right. I've done it for many years. Right. Uh, but now you 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 got you got you went forward. You're preparing. You're going through a process. Mm-hmm. Now, talk to me. How how did it? How did you get to to Dilly, Texas? How 
There's well, a trend. What happened there? Well, I, I, you know, so fast forward way forward. And so I'm now an assistant pastor here at the church called The Harvest. Shout out to Pastor Marcus Thomas. And I, I was assistant pastor with him. And he was, you know, building his church was a brand new church. And I get there and he had hardly nobody there. Mm-hmm. And, and that came. He says, I want to, you know. You should be our assistant. I feel like God's leading you to be my assistant pastor. I said, "Oh man, this is exciting. God, you know, you're you're working." And so I, I, we labored, we labored hard. I mean, just every day, just when you're when you're founding a church and when you're mm-hmm. helping starting a church with somebody you're in the trenches, it's just it's hard work. It's yeah. tough work. It will test every part of you. And so we did that for a couple years, and then I and and, and he knew, and I always knew that. I was going to pastor soon, you know, and I was, I was wrapping up seminary, which I, this is why I was in San Antonio. I was wrapping up seminary. And so I was like, you know, uh, I hope God provides an opportunity. And so me and him talked about, he says, do you think, you know, you know, uh, start a church? I said, I don't feel like I'm called to start a church, my brother. You know, I, I enjoy, <laughs> I've seen it. I've done it with you. It was fantastic. I love it, but I'm not called to start a church. I'm, I'm letting you know yeah. right now. And I knew, I felt like I was more called to, uh, take over a church, and but I knew that I just didn't want to be normal, and you know, it, it, it normal. I want I came from a diverse area, yeah, and so I wanted a church that was a diverse. I yeah. wanted a church that was out of the ordinary, and and so I seen a uh, church down the way was looking for a pastor, and uh, and I got in contact with one of the board members, and he got in contact with me, invited me to preach, and. And then the rest is history. Yeah. And so, uh, it, it, it was. It's unique because I mean, it's Dilly. I mean, it, it, and y'all don't know Dilly is an hour. It's it's an hour from the border. Mm-hmm. So you already know that the makeup of my church is majority Hispanic and Caucasian, mm-hmm. and black people. It's just me and my family. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No lies. And so, and so, and so I, you know, it was weird for the town because I'm the first African-American pastor to be in that town. More importantly, I'm the first African-American pastor to be in the county. Wow. I'm the first African-American pastor in two counties in front of me, two counties <laughs> behind me, going to Laredo. Yeah. And so, and so I'm, I'm brand new to the area. People aren't, people, most people, when I'm coming in the city, they thinking, oh, you are, you're, you're, you're the coach. <laughs> you a coach, you, you coach at the high school. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. You're a what? I'm, I'm the pastor. And, and so it, it's mind boggling people because they aren't used to seeing, you know, African Americans in leadership positions, especially mm-hmm. in the church. And, and what are you doing? And, and you know, Dilly's made of, you know, people who work, you know, lines, oil field workers and farmers. Yeah. I'm none of those things. I'm a guy from the Bay Area, <laughs> the Yay area. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, how do you, you even relate? But because I've always had a burden for 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 Latinos. I've mm-hmm. always had a burden for a diverse church. God gave me really what was what was on my heart, you know, and and, and so I count it as a privilege uh, to be able to do it. Wow, that's a that's that's beautiful. You and you you're cracking me up. You're making me laugh. But uh I think God put that desire in your heart mm-hmm. and then fleshed it out mm-hmm. and then sent you to Dilly mm-hmm. and opened that door mm-hmm. for you. And uh, but it's but it but there's a process, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I want I want you if if you could maybe take it to a ministry mm-hmm. t- 
type and and in that process because a lot of times I'm sure in your life there was there was exits that you could have jumped off the mm-hmm. process you could have taken the easy route mm-hmm. you know and just said you know that uh, I'm 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 done with this I I'm, I need to go make some money right. or I need you know I'm going to follow XYZ mm-hmm. you know uh, what would you tell somebody that perhaps is right there in in the fork in the road and should I stick with God's plan or should I, I should I stick with what I feel God's plan is or should I do something else that may be easier for me right now how would you what would you tell that person Men, the will of God never comes easy mm. it, it's it's never an easy path in matter of fact walking this walk isn't easy and anybody who says it they're wrong right it's it's a complicated process and ministry is complicated and it takes a level of toughness and a level a level of stamina to do it but the reward right the reward of working with people and loving people and, and, and growing with people and, and being around people is so much more satisfactory. And the point is, I strive to hear, here you go, job well done. Yes. That's my, that's it. I, I can't hear it if I've never done my job. Right. And so many people walk around and don't know their job. And so God called me at a young age and I've been doing, I've been striving to do my job. And so I can, so I could hear that job well done. And you know what? And there's so much work to be done that I, 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 I can't just stand by and, and, and go to another career I could have done without working in the Lord's work. And there's something to be said about being outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you said when you said that you're the only African American family mm-hmm. in 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 the town mm-hmm. in the county mm-hmm. in three counties over, you know, you're the that's that's talking about being outside of your mm-hmm. comfort zone, mm-hmm. and God will definitely do that. Mm-hmm. I told somebody one time. Somebody asked me, "How do I know God's will?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, this is not always, but but a good test is to figure out what you want to do." And then do the opposite. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good pointer into what God's will would right. be for your life. Right. So now you, you're you're married. You have a family. Tell me a little bit about about that. Your 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 so, your family in ministry. So my 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 family in ministry, or my my family, your direct, family, my direct family. So my family is extremely unique. My wife comes from. My wife is Latina. It makes sense, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and and so we we are unique because she comes from a Catholic background, and mm. and when we met, she was just learning and understanding about Christ. But she brings such a awesome perspective, and she's so humble. And my kids are. Full of energy, and you would think, man, you know, you know, um, how, you know, how they don't even match where we're at, or they don't even match who I am because they're so they're so unique. But you know what? They're they are like myself, grinders, and this is what mm-hmm. I appreciate about my family is my my wife is always willing to do ministry and always willing to work. And I and I and my main worry was when I when I married, her, I was like, man, you know, is she gonna be able to handle ministry? That's always because yeah. ministry is just. So tough, and at that time, I've you know I've done it for so many years. I I've seen what it does to marriages and and all these things. And you think, man, I hope, but my wife has handled it with grace, and God's given her grace, and she loves them even more. And and my kids are just my my laborers, and they're and and they're just taking it all in. And the cool thing about my family is, the cool thing about it is my wife, uh, 
she had kids before she knew me, and so we're a blended family, mm-hmm. and so it makes it unique because I'm I'm the I'm this African American guy, and I'm walking around with Hispanic kids that don't look like me, and they're calling me dad. People's like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, and they're they're looking confused, and 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 everybody's like, well, is this you know that, that's your dad? Yeah, that's my dad, and looking, yeah, I'm their dad, you know, kind of thing. But it, we we're challenging the status quo almost at every level because we we're nothing like what people expect us to be, but we, God's brought us together. To win this uh, this community of people who 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 really love the Lord and who really want to get to know God, you know what <laughs> what 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 I'm what I'm hearing is not only are you in a place you personally in a place that perhaps is is stretching you mm-hmm. and perhaps outside of your comfort zone, but you being where you're at mm-hmm. is taking that community mm-hmm. outside of their comfort zone. Exactly, you are not what they expect. Effect of a pastor, Mm-mm. man of God. You don't look like it. You know, you're you're the family, the pastoral family. Mm-hmm. You are you're totally different from mm-hmm. their image of a man of God. Mm-hmm. How how does now? How is that? that I, to me, that's super interesting. That interaction. How have they received you? It's been it's been unique. It's been different because again. A lot of people wear cowboy hats and them and them boots, and I'm I'm just none of those. I'm I don't know how to rent. You, you're wearing I a cap and sneakers. I, I don't rope, you know. I don't do <laughs> do any. I don't, I don't. So you talk farming. I don't know what you're talking. The only farm I know is old McDonald. So you know, and that's it. I, I, I'm learning, but but they find it humorous because it, they know I'm honest and they yeah. know it's unique, and so that I'm easy to, for them to receive. And I don't. Here we go. I'm not trying to change their culture. Right. I'm not going there trying to call call their shots. I'm a part of the culture. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I haven't I haven't said we're gonna do this and do it that way. I have not done that and my church knows it. And so the thing is I come in there and say, Hey, y'all teach me. Let me learn about your culture and your community and let me adapt so and so we could win people, right? I'm not there trying to say, Well, we gotta do it this way, that this way, this is the way it's gonna work, this is the way it works in the city. I understand that what works in a city doesn't work mm-hmm. in a small town. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just adapting to the environment that we're in and we're learning how to win the Lord. Lord, uh, win people for the Lord that way, man, uh, Pastor. I'm so I'm so glad to hear yeah. that from you. You're not trying to take farmers and make them into city slickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tell me now, tell me again, where's the church? Invite us to church, and uh, just go. So our church is 42 North Main Street. It is downtown. Is right. You can't. You go down the Main Street. It's the biggest building there on the Main Street. You cannot miss it. It's got a big old sign. Big old church, you cannot miss it. And so uh, come on out and enjoy it. If you're looking for a church that's not the typical, that's not the usual, that that we don't look like our typical, we don't do church, and you were looking for an imperfect pastor, because hmm. I'm not perfect, y'all, by every stretch of the imagination, please come out, hang out with us, enjoy church with a bunch of imperfect people, and, and, and celebrate Jesus with us. What time are the services? 11 o'clock on Sundays, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, Thursdays. We have uh, middle school nights. It's going to be 7 p.m. And also Mondays, high school nights at 8 p.m. So for everybody, we got we got something going on for everybody. Yes, sir. How's how's the how's the experience in the church? Tell me a little bit about that. The experience is unique. I mean, it's it's a powerful, powerful, powerful church, and also again, it's very real. It deals with mm. you, with the heart of issues. So I don't I don't talk about things that are meant to make you comfortable. They make them, they're meant to challenge you and make you very uncomfortable because that's how I know my own walk with God. God's made me completely uncomfortable in order for me to be comfortable in serving Him. So tell me, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm. You got about a minute. Okay. 
What was your last sermon over there? What, what was that? So my, my last sermon was talking about completing the will of God and also being the church, the mm. church being the church. Yes. And so I challenged people to understand that the church is not a building or right. a place, but we are the living church. And we got to start acting like the church and start thinking like the church and start being the church. The church is not what we go to or where we go, but it's a part of our DNA. Wow. That's powerful. That'll preach. Yeah. That'll preach. You should. Uh, do you record any at all? Do you? I do. I have. You go to my Facebook, uh, uh, Noah Carr. I'm putting it out there. Go uh, ahead. You you can go to my Facebook on Noah Carr, and you'll you'll notice me. It says San Antonio, and you can add and and, and check it out, or you can go to the Lighthouse Church, uh, Dilly, and you can check out a lot of my sermons on Facebook. They're all listed there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now you know, Pastor. Now you know San Antonio and Dilly yeah. and the surrounding counties. Yes, sir. Uh, come to church. Come out to to Dilly, mm-hmm. so it's about the drive from San Antonio. And I, well, it depends on where you're at in San Antonio. True. But an hour fifteen, hour thirty, it will get you there. But the great thing about that drive is no traffic. Mm-hmm. So you know the traffic you would face here in San Antonio, none of none going none of to that. Dilly. Straight shot, straight shot down thirty five. Down thirty five, get there. Service starts at eleven, so mm-hmm. there's time. Mm-hmm. Leave the house at ten. Mm-hmm. You get there, you still get in time for worship, and you and you get some authentic, delicious tacos that San Antonio can offer. You, you close to get to the board, and more authentic the food is. <laughs> I think you just sold some. I think you should probably put a little stand together outside the church for Sunday. But uh, thank you, uh, Pastor Carr, for coming yeah. out today. It's a pleasure hearing from you, yes, sir. and and hearing from your heart. Yes, sir. And uh, I want to invite you, San Antonio and beyond, to come out to church in Dilly, Texas, Lighthouse Church. And they are 402 North Main. You can't miss it right on the main road. And get there by 11 o'clock. And during the week, they have services as well. Monday, they have for high school. Wednesday, for uh, the Bible study. Mm-hmm. And Thursday, for middle school. So, San Antonio, God bless you. Continue stretching. Continue believing because God is going to use you. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.